Do you know what your partner's up to when you're away and they're all alone? No, what? They're listening to the Screw Podcast, of course. What's that? Mm, sit back, relax, and listen. You're all gasmatics. You're all gasmatics. Sneaking in the back door with dirty magazines. So your mother wants to know what all the stains on the jeans. And you're all gasmatics. You're listening to the Screw Podcast with Felicia Rose and her trusty, rusty sidekick. I love this rusty thing. What does rusty mean? It's a love, motherfuckers. I don't know. It just flies out of my mouth with my <laughs> Sorry. No, it's beautiful. So we are on week two of our queer sex education conversation. And we have a lot to go over. We last week discussed the different things that we thought we knew about how queer sex education is in the United States more specifically than anything, just because it's the easiest for us to be able to access that information probably. Um, But also because we've been through the education system here in the United States. So it's interesting to hear what we know versus what maybe is the current climate for queer sex education among students and, and the like. So we were supposed to research, um, (laughs) we did not (laughs) let's not lie my friends life is fucking busy busy. and sometimes we don't get to do stuff that we want to goddamn do because again if nobody noticed this podcast doesn't pay our bills and that's because you're not liking and subscribing enough no i'm kidding i'm fucking right Um, yeah tell your friends what the fuck yeah yeah what the fuck share this shit hello we're trying to like fucking make this our job no i'm just kidding okay so (laughs) i I quickly just Googled, I I Googled just so everybody knows, queer sex education in schools. And I got a decent amount of results. I got over 5 million altogether. But the first thing that comes up is from Wikipedia, mind you. And it says LGBT, which doesn't have all of the letters, but that's okay. Um, Sex education is currently not covered in many schools. Research has also posited that students often do not find existing LGBT sex education programs to be effective. Interesting. Mm. Teachers have differing views on the subject of homosexuality, and these personal opinions can impact LGBT sex education when it is implemented. Interesting. I actually am surprised to hear that. Yeah, I mean... Like, it's actually being implemented places, but just the teacher's like, fuck this shit, it's gay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... That was a very big, you know, summation of it, but... I mean, I'm very curious, because, you know, in absence of any kind of federal mandate to educate on these things, right? And we know that the federal mandate around regular sex education is still very much, like, uh, confined to that biological conversation about you know where the uterus is and where do babies come from and you know obviously some school districts are touting abstinence only education but like there is no comprehensive sex education mandate to begin with let alone like referring to like queer sex but I I I I like the way it's worded I'm actually curious like what anybody who has taken those programs actually feels like why they're insufficient or ineffective like what is ineffective? Probably because it doesn't talk about like how to give a rim job or I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like 
ineffective when the teacher doesn't like what they're teaching. Mm. What the oh, okay. Okay. So that should be said. You know, if you're a teacher teaching Catholicism and you're, you know, not exactly a Catholic, I can understand why it would maybe be lost on your audience. But at the same time, that's really not the point here. Right. Teaching is supposed to be, uh, whatchamacallit. Well, and I know for our deeper dive segment, our next episode, that we do have somebody getting their hands on curriculum for us. So we can actually look at a queer sex education curriculum guide. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, that should be interesting. You know, how much of that is even a thing and all of that. Okay, hold on. So not, I do not like HRC and I'm not going to quote from them Ah. more than once, but it was one of the first things that I pulled up when, or that Google pulled up, of course, because they pay enough money every year to be the first Googled. But one quote I do want to mention is it says, whether legally barred or simply ignored, LGBTQ inclusive sex education is not available for most youth. The GLSEN 2013 National School Climate Survey, which was kind of a long time ago, let's be honest, found that fewer than 5% of LGBT students had health classes that included positive representations of LGBT-related topics. Among millennials surveyed in 2015, only 12% said their sex education classes covered same-sex relationships. Again, old statistics, but... Wait, wait, wait. What was it again? 12%? 12% as of 2015. Now, has a lot happened since fucking 2015? Yes. Seven years ago feels like a whole ass tw- 20 light years ago. Like, I'm not going to lie. It really does. And I would bank on the fact that there's probably a new swath of teachers that are a bit more progressive. Mm. And I would say that they're probably including a little bit more into the curriculum when possible. But then there's always the, you know, there is that whole battling the uh, parents at home thing. So I'm, I'm interested to see what the newer stats are. I, let me see if I can find anything. I mean, I'm curious, like 12%, and I'm trying to imagine, you know, where that's happening. Maybe LA, San Francisco, Chicago, New York. We know it's not happening in the boondocks, but it sounds like it might be happening a little bit in Denver as well. So I'm curious, like, mm-hmm. What level of progressiveness in a particular location is tied to the idea of this ability to put this on the curriculum? I'm sure, uh, you know, cities versus rural versus the middle of the country. I'm sure there's plenty of differences. And I don't don't mean to shit all over the middle of the country. It's beautiful, you know. No, Um, but But things things migrate slower to those areas. Indeed. Yes, indeed. So, okay, I found another article that's actually, it was written last year, but updated this year. And I'm trying to see if there's anything that stands out as something worth mentioning. Um, In April 2020, NPR reported that legislators in more than a dozen states proposed bills to seek to prohibit schools from using a curriculum or discussing topics of gender identity or sexual orientation. It almost feels like you're going backwards. Yeah, and I think that that's actually important to talk about. So... We are definitely experiencing a rightward lurch that is happening in, in social stuff right now. We can see that from the immigrants being bussed into the cities. We can see that from like this uh, Roe v. Wade. We can see it from the general like stress of, of, of social sure. movements and, 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 and these things. And I, 
I think one of the things we've like seen in history many, many times is when, when it's seemingly a perceived progressive time that has happened or that the kind of pop culture and social culture of things are, are pressing forward in, in more progressive and radical ways that the response, at least institutionally, is always a very like rightward leaning response, right? Oh, we're lo- right. losing our country. We're losing white. We're losing, you know, whatever, right? The the kind of right. The, like in Florida, they can't even say the word "fucking gay" in class. So how are you supposed to have a a comprehensive sex education for LGBTQIA plus youth? I wonder when if they, they let you say. Gay. I wonder if they let you say fascist in class. All right, let me read this next piece from uh, NPR. It says, aside from leaving some queer people in a panic searching for how to have sex online, which is what we were talking about, Mm. there are consequences when students don't receive proper sex ed. For example, this is interesting, lesbian and bisexual youth or those with both male and female partners experience a higher rate of unintended pregnancies when compared to their heterosexual peers. That is so interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know why, but that's very interesting. <laughs> that's actually, that is a, a curious thing to think about. And, and you know, when I'm thinking at, at least um, anecdotally, I, I definitely have known many lesbians over the years that ha- ha- were pregnant early, you know, and, and sure. I'm very curious what that's... Well, if you're not even comfortable with being, you know, living as your as the sexuality that you potentially know that you are, then how the fuck are you going to be comfortable being like, don't squirt your cum in me or understanding what that means. And all I of wonder that, how right? many queer dads are out there. You know, you just like yeah. in your effort to like prove that you can like fuck a, a female, you like just go and do it and then end up like having a baby. Right, that's too, yeah. That's so interesting. (laughs) It says, some sexuality educators are pushing for more comprehensive sex ed that leaves behind absence only and shame-based messages, especially in the wake of Roe v. Wade. Um, It says, Life Kit spoke with sexuality educators to understand what sex ed could look like for queer students. So... Let's let's go over a couple of the main topics. Let me know if you want to dive into it a little bit more. Uh, Get to know your body and discover what pleasure feels like for you is the topic on this one. Erica Hart, a sexuality educator with a focus in racial, social, and gender justice, reminds us that messages about sex in education and in the media are typically for white, cisgender, and straight audience. Mm. To get a better understanding of what you like, I think it's a matter of just taking in messages that you are receiving from the world and seeing if they are a fit or not, they say. If those messages don't fit or affirm you, Hart suggests masturbation as a way to unlearn that in order to discover what does please you. Another way to figure out what you do or don't like can be through watching porn, is what they say. Okay, so that's something that we've pretty much right. discussed so in the last Right, so we have, and, and, and there is something I want to say, you know, um, we're very pro-porn for many reasons here, but I'm not pro-porn teaching you about your sexuality and i'm not pro porn giving you and or make leading you to believe that that's what sex in the real world is like because it's not you know and while i appreciate amateur porn there is something that like changes as soon as you hit record that does not make the experience as organic or as like 
uh, everyday sex as as one might think it is. So well, and you have to worry about you know jumping down a rabbit hole, not really knowing the difference between you know porn shot for the male gaze versus porn shot for other consumers, for example, <laughs> like. I am so programmed to make my porn for men that I often forget I have women subscribe mm. to me or genderqueer people mm. subscribe to me. And so it's one of these things where it's like, I don't even necessarily know how to navigate that space sometimes myself. And I do this for a living. So like, if that's just me and I am queer and I do have sex with women and I still have a discomfort in how to represent that on screen because I'm so used to men and what they like as far as in the porn world. And also that's what I've consumed too. So it makes it an interesting dialogue of, you know, once you start Googling lesbian porn, what rabbit hole are you down? Right. Right. Or once you start Googling men on men, where have you gotten to? And you might find a good place to be on the internet and you may not. Right. So, <laughs> you so know? here's what I do think is this is an important shift, right? Like real quick, the example of porn, right? Um, my partner and I are always commenting on like even in movies that depict like at least queer male sex, how seemingly they go from making out to full on butt fucking. There's some steps in between there. There's, I'm sorry, unless you're putting down a tarp, there is not a lot of fucking organic butt play that just fucking happens when you meet somebody unless you've gone out there and taken care of business before you go. And so if you're learning how to bottom from porn, it's not teaching you everything about bottoming. I promise you. Sure. That's, you know, that's a really good point. I think that you can't just say like porn is a good place to look. It can be a place to look to figure out if you're attracted to, to things, but I don't think that the acts themselves really do much justice at all. Right. And Erica Hart in this article goes on to say, just because you are queer doesn't mean that there's such thing at, called queer sex. Mm. We all have sex differently. It's really just however you're, you are defining it. I agree and disagree at the same time. I do. I think that you, I think that acts are often mislabeled sure. as sexuality. Sure. They're, like, oh, you like your butt touch, you have to be a fan. Absolutely. No. They're, inter- they're inappropriately <laughs> attached to gender roles. They're inappropriately uh, att- att- yeah. attached to all sorts of things. I, I agree with that. I think the problem is, is like when you're figuring that shit out, right? Like when I was a kid, if you wanted to use the internet, and I'm talking Netscape, and you're waiting and waiting and waiting. Like we we weren't thinking, especially because we didn't even know how that shit worked, that you could like go and type in fucking gay sex, right? And and I'll address the queer queer sex thing, but like here's the problem. At one point, now if I were to find a study that said young queer folks still go and hit up the library to find out information about queerness, I'd be like, yay. But I, I <laughs> doubt like from my age group to the next age group, that that is where people are getting information anymore. We kind of got 
I feel in some ways got better information because we didn't have this data dump, which is known as the internet, where anybody can, you know, associate metadata with something you can, like you were saying with the lesbian sex, you're probably going to be looking at like two girls, one cup before you're fucking done with your evening. (laughs) So like, you know, no, but, but fucking legitimately, right? No no shame or judgment, but that one got 14. No, thank like, you. Legitimate. <laughs> like if you're looking up piss play, I can't imagine what kind of diverse and somewhat like startling images you're going to probably come across. At some point. You don't even have to look up piss play to find that kind of stuff. The, the fact is that you are always about two clicks away from something that, listen, again, no shame in the fetishes, but to me, your fetishes should be formed organically, not because at a very important time in your life, you stumbled on some shit online. You know, just because we all w- looked at rotten.com, now we all have some fucked up, you know, well, it's just and like, this is- I, yeah, I don't like to judge, but there, I could, I could do without every third person in my DMs asking for puke porn. I could, well, I could do but, without So it. this is where it ties in to the idea of queer sex and queer sexual health, right? The fact of the matter, Miss whatever, Joycelyn Elders, whatever the hell her name is. Uh, The reality is, is that there, while the idea of sexuality and what feels good and expressed is very, very diverse and all over the map, when you do get to the point, there are some things for like just the purpose of cognition that are grouped and and, and are special to, to queer folks that heteronormative people are not accessing and, and and it's not that maybe they don't think they should access it but it's the difference between like well we both have dicks or we both have pussies what do we do next right that is an especially kind of queer kind of reality or you know i i'm a trans woman trying to figure out what activities are on the table with another trans woman or with a trans man right so we have to be able to you know, tie this into this, this, this idea that there's good information and there's bad information out there. And like, I totally lost my fucking train of thought. It's okay. I'm going to go on to quote more parts of the article. So sexuality educator, Melina Davis, who also goes by stage name, Melina Gates is co-founder and director at Vulgar, a sex education project in Mexico. We should look Mm. into that. When we're looking to explore our sexuality or our pleasure, it's really a great tool to think of our explorations as pleasure-oriented instead of goal-oriented. In in other words, the the end goal shouldn't be an orgasm. But she goes on to discuss communication should be ongoing with sexual partners to make sure everyone is comfortable. See, this is is interesting that this article goes right into, like, kind of almost advanced conversations. You know, I get it. We're talking get to the basics right. first. So that you know? means it's inaccessible to everyday people in the sense you're talking about a world that most of us are not socialized to yet, right? We have a deprogramming of our sexuality that needs to happen. Fine. But in that journey, some things are curious or pleasurable to us, right? And this was my tie-in to, to the kink community. Like there's a lot of kink-centered porn, but that porn doesn't describe to you best practices for said kink, 
right? And neither does like everyday porn either, right? It doesn't doesn't talk about if anything you'll see a disclaimer about condoms or safe sex. But like what are the, what are the mechanics of like taking somebody's piss up your ass? Shouldn't you like it, it may sound hot, but shouldn't you have like a realistic understanding of what that means, what that feels like, what how to plan for it, the mechanics of it? Like everybody's yeah. making this shit look easy. The, like porn does ass to mouth nonstop, and that's so bad for you. It's so fucking bad for you to take something out of your ass and lick it. Like, period. It's just, I'm sorry, I'm 34 now. I've been sick enough times to know not to do ass to mouth. Anyways, um, so I just found child trends is another thing that's reporting on this. So child child trends analysis of data for 39 states and DC this from the CDC found in 2018, more than half of secondary schools in 17 states and DC reported offering sex ed curricula or supplementary materials relevant to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and or questioning students. That's great. But the problem with hearing that 17 states, first of all, is nowhere near enough. But also, it says, or supplementary materials. And you know that that's a motherfucking pamphlet. And probably one that you have to go up and ask for, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, if you're a fag, come forward and get this faggy-ass pamphlet. Like, what, what, like, 14-year-old closet kid wants to go out You know what it's like? It's like when they bring in the catered meal, and then they ask, who asked for the vegan meal? And you have to go up and be like, you have to go again. Yeah, I asked for the gay pamphlet. Give me the pamphlet of girl on girl. Like, come on, that's just stupid. All right. So then it says from 2016 to 2018, 27 states in DC reported increases of greater than one percentage percentage point in the percentage of schools offering sex ed materials that are inclusive of LGBTQ plus youth. Most Markedly, seven states, California, Maryland, Michigan, Missouri, South Carolina, Virginia, and Washington report an increase of 10 or more percentage points in the number of secondary schools offering LGBTQ plus inclusive sex ed curricula. Wait, That's wait, actually what surprising. Is sec- what secondary? Is that like middle school, six through eight? Primary is your younger years. Okay, okay, secondary okay, is like okay. your older years. Yeah. Because I, I, I'm, I'm like, South Carolina did not give out pamphlets on how to be, on how to be gay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, how to be gay. So, so that's the thing, right? Even in the South, there's like bastions of like progressive, and and there's a lot of migration happening, right? You have a lot of young professionals that are working remotely more often, and are are seeking to get out of, you know, the city and different places. So, like I, I mean, I imagine, you know, like also university cities, right? Charleston is a university city, right? It's got a fucking torrid past, but it's got a lot of progressive things going on there. Tucson, Arizona is a pretty fucking progressive city. So, like, you know, I, I can imagine this happening. The problem is, and again, if you want to demand things to help the queer community, this should be much, in my humble fucking opinion, higher up on the radar. You need to make a demand of the government to set a educational standard that queer health and identity stuff is fucking taught because those kids are turning into your fucking suicide statistics on some level at some time because they see themselves in nothing. They don't see themselves in representation. They don't see themselves in the curriculum. 
And this does bear a huge weight on the idea of queer health. If we are interested in making our community healthier and happier, oh, look, go and behold, gay marriage did not fucking solve the suicide rate among queer right. teens. So you got to come out of the closet before you can get fucking married, you know? Right. I say that because, I mean, there, you know, I, I like some of the stuff they're saying in, in these articles. And I do believe in this holistic, gender free concept of sex in 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 position free and all those kind of things but we haven't even begun to deprogram the fact that sex and violence are two things that are always like hand in hand in our culture and whether mm-hmm. it's in movies or whether it's in like the actuality of how people are having sex and 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 our rape statistics we're we're not like we have to get people to stop hurting each other first before you can get them to buy into this holistic concept of this stuff. And and that does mean educating yourself on how to have some of these sexual acts and how to express yourself sexually. You can like put all the like warm fuzzies all over it, but like you still need to know how point B goes into point A or whatever, you know, there, there needs to be right. an understanding of like, all I've been told about is missionary vaginal sex in my biologically based sex education class. And I haven't been told right. about any of the complications or hurdles of, of, of queer relationships or queer queer sexuality and like how that presents in, in society and what that means. You know, we, we got a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it makes just from the statistic we heard earlier about unwanted pregnancy, Think about it like this. If you are a kid that's queer and you know that you aren't actually interested in pursuing after you have to stay in the closet, say you're like, okay, I'm in high school. I have to stay in the closet because my parents will fucking murder me. But once I get to college, I'll come out. So you're playing the game and you're playing straight and you're having, let's say, heterosexual sex, vaginal and a penis and whatever. And why, you know, there's no stake in you learning like about contraception or about uh, over the counter, you know, plan B, for example, there's no, there's no point for you to learn it because it's not going to be your life in the future. It makes sense. That statistic makes sense Mm -hmm. as far as like, you know, why commit something to memory that doesn't apply to you? Oh, we're just playing the game of pretend right now, but it's like, but you got to kind of know all of the pieces and also remember that if you're gonna, you know, so it goes both ways, right? It's like, we can't have queer kids trying to play heterosexual and not learning what the mechanics are the same way we can't have the opposite happening. We need people to understand. I don't want to say play, that's the wrong, but you know what I'm saying. And as a means to survive, people often do the things that they have to do to make themselves, you know, fit into a box. (laughs) no pun intended. And that box sometimes comes out with a baby if you don't know enough facts about the situation. So you block it out because you don't want to learn it, but then it's like that you got to kind of know it, right? So I will say that Glisten says, fact, schools are unsafe and unwelcoming for most LGBTQ plus students, which can have a negative impact on their health and well-being, of course. And it says that Youth need and deserve to learn in settings that are inclusive of their experiences and that give them education necessary to stay safe and healthy. Educators can use the resources below 
to ensure that all students are seen and validated in their health and sexuality classes. If you're a health and or sexuality educator, you can share these resources with your mm. administration where relevant, use them in your classroom. If you're a student, family member, or non-health educator, make sure that the health teachers at your school are aware of these resources so that they can ensure all students, including LGBTQ plus students, are receiving the information that they need to lead safe and healthy lives. This is actually okay. great. So for anybody that needs this, it is glisten, G-L-S-E-N, dot org, oh, yeah. slash sex ed. Yeah, we... Uh, and this is a, it's like a great comprehensive list. And so it says, fact, you can improve the health and well-being of LGBTQ plus students in your school, be a visible and supportive ally to them, ensure access to comprehensive sex education, support your school's gay-straight alliance, implement comprehensive and LGBTQ-inclusive policies. So then it goes on to give you a bunch of video resources, classroom use resources, printable resources for continuing ed. So like, you know. So send me that link because what I want to do, I know we're going to have the curriculum from 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 that school district, um, but I also want I, I want us to look at some of the materials that they're putting out and like offer up our deeper dive and our opinion on on what it is. I think yeah, I think like yeah. a materials review. Because, you know, it's... Well, just as an example, some of these are like, what does it mean to be pansexual? Let's see. What my sex ed never taught me. That's good. Is there a link to how to wash my pussy? Well, that should be just every, you know, I almost almost said everybody has a pussy. How to wash your pussy is just health class. You know what I mean? Like, it it doesn't matter. It's, It's, if you're identifying as you know, not a woman and you have a pussy or is the, is the material inclusive, Mm -hmm. you know, if you, you know, if you don't see yourself included in it. So just material that says not every, you know, look at you, uh, you already emailed that shit to me. Pussies don't even, don't just belong to girls or women, you know, like just inclusive shit like that would be fucking beautiful. I would love to see that. So I'm interested to see what these links look like on a deeper dive. And also I'm really interested to see what we can find from an actual health educator out there. One that's particularly doing like high school, which is where you get to the Mm. nitty gritty, you know? Yeah. Because when you're, when you're younger, it's more like here's body parts and here's the right words for it. And don't let people touch you without consent, which is great. But I wonder if Dawson can link us up with any queer high school educators. Like I was thinking about like, we we should like, Where would she know high school educators? Well, you know, cause she, she teaches a lot on like, you just want to talk to her that's all (laughs) i kind of do but like you know to me at many levels if you're not getting it until college in many cases you're too late right we witnessed that in our our uh, psychology of human sexuality just how many 18 to 20 well i mean the kids in that class were older so i would say like 20 to 27 year olds like just didn't know what the parts of their body were called. They didn't know. Right. I forgot just how much we saw uh, people's eyes widen yeah. and how much they learned. And that's how you and I became friends because we looked over from across the way and sure we learned stuff, sure, of, course, of course, because Dawson is a beautiful teacher and teaches so much, but also like the basics, like that, that first couple of days we were like, what the fuck? 
why don't why does nobody in this class know this shit? How are there? And then it kind of became our life's mission right. to make sure people fucking do. How are there still people that believe the rhythm method works? You know, like right. I mean, and there right. were people in the class that that thought that that was like an option. You know, and like mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I mean, it's an option if you want to play Russian roulette with pregnancy. Sure, go for it. Right. But pregnancy is expensive, bitches. <laughs> well, just the fact that people don't realize that there's so many different environmental and mental and physical things that can get in the way of you not having a normal cycle. You can map out your Absolutely. cycle all you want on the calendar, avoid those days of quote unquote ovulation and still get pregnant because you don't realize that, you know, because you had stress for two months in a row. Now your ovulation date is actually one day off of what you thought it was it starts you know because it's not just one day but it starts a day later or something and now you're fucking oh i can get a load blast in me on this day no you can't you know so there's there's all sorts of layers to these things that people don't even understand because they don't teach that these old sex education classes and manuals are all based on things like Everybody has the same diet and exercise regimen and you know right. there's an expectation like Okay, how many people know that after I think I can't even remember what the pounds are after 160 pounds, the plan B pill doesn't work by like 60% or something like that. Like, if you are anything above average for weight, you're basically fucked. And not many people actually learn this information. This is stuff that is not told to you. So like when I am overweight or if I am fat at the time and I go to the pharmacy and I don't get told, um, honey, you're 190 pounds right now. This is not going to work for you. If you take plan B, like where the fuck is that? Like, hello, you know? So just, just shit like that would be a beautiful thing for everybody to learn across the board and not have it be this big fucking question mark, you know, that there's, there's all these different factors that are involved and the, the education needs to be up to date because, from what I know, it's well, not. And, so I'm interested. And you know, in and you know that yeah. I have like a another layer of concern, at least politically, right? So if we're talking about anybody who actually had the ability to influence and create curriculums, and talking about the people that run things like Glisten and HRC, what you know, I'm excited about the deeper dive for this reason to be able to see, well, what is it for what little information is getting to the 12 or 17 states or whatever it is, like, and, 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 and these materials that are being offered, you know, free on these websites, great, great, great. But what is being said, and is this through the lens of the typical white bourgeoisie queer class who is like, has like a very, you know, has married themselves to a heteronormative existence in many ways, literally, you know, married, you know, and that these things, and and I'm not dissing marriage, I'm dissing heteronormative marriage and our, our fascination with trying to- You em- can miss marriage all you want. Well, we're, we're trying to emulate it, you know, like and emulate something that wasn't working for our, you know, parents and and whatever and doing that again. So I am curious to see because, you know, is it kink friendly? Are are we talking about, because, you know, the hardest thing as a, you know, a fucking queer boy coming up in the world was figuring out what all these 
fucking letters and code. Like, I want to see a section on coding, right? Like, how are people talking about things that I may or may not be interested in doing? WS, CBT. Well, I'm not, I'm not too into CBT. Listen, if they're not talking about heterosexual kink, they're not going to be talking about fucking LGBTQ plus kink. Well, you know what I mean? And should they be? Sure. Yeah. But they're because <laughs> yeah, because if you are putting it through a queer lens, heterosexual heteronormative kink, people know where to go to find that. Fine, but we don't have all these sub platforms, right? You know, sure, there's fat life and whatever, but. I, you know, in general, heteronormative people, when they're dating and discussing things, like probably aren't jumping to like kink conversations. And young queer folk are meeting themselves on apps as much as uh, heteronormative folk are. And I have looked at a lot of profiles on on Tinder and some of these things, and I not seeing the same level of kink tagging that is going on on queer platforms, right? So, like, you know, I think when we're talking about queer sexual health and identity, like, being able to educate people on what some of these things mean is also an important component of queer sexual health. Whereas I, I think it's an important component of heteronormative sexual health. I just think that the numbers exist in, in a way that they know where to go to find that because we already talk about that. I think in many ways, when you still search BDSM, you get heterosexual BDSM. It is not like a queer like given. So what I'll say is, I think a big piece of why that that can't ever happen, unfortunately, is because you run the risk of predatory behavior being in the sex education classroom, oh, sure. if you will. Like. If you're, if you tell a bunch of fucking men that you that there's classes where they can teach everybody about kink, ooh, I don't want to no. know who's going to be trying to be a sex educator. Sure, you know? sure. <laughs> but like, you know, terminology is an important part of empowering anybody on, you know, anything, right? You mean when you even take a health class, what are the, you start seeing terms, you know, you fallopian tubes. I will always remember fallopian tubes because it sounded like a fucking sci-fi album like sci-fi sure. like novel fallopian tubes the fallopian tubes great and but fallopian tubes aren't a sexual no, thing but, they but are health, a baby health health thing, classes you know? that nobody has a fallopian tube sure thing, I don't but health class <laughs> involves has like a very minor part of talking about the pleasure and intercourse aspects of sex and focuses in general a lot about the biological aspects of it right i think so I think that because, again, because of the in-person nature of talking about that, I think in a way it needs to be left up to, unfortunately, like, you know, like Netflix, like, it's like, that's where it's like the safest place for fucking a teenager to go to find this information is like a TV show or a movie or something that that's accurately depicted, mind you, because it's like, how do we... I don't know, like, how, how do you even have a, mm, like, a filter for what type of people are going to be teaching your kids about pleasure, right? And it sucks because it's like, well, that's, that's like the years that kids are, are, are experimenting and they're doing all those things. And it's like, they, all they can say is like, okay, this thing might give you pleasure. You might masturbate, masturbate instead of having sex, but they don't teach you that the clitoris is stimulating, blah, blah, blah. But 
it's like, that's it. It has to be as mechanical as possible. So it's like, it'd be interesting to see if it is possible to incorporate pleasure into an actual in-person sex education experience with teenagers where it doesn't cross the lines of like, again, like predator shit. Where, like I, I always no, get of nervous. Course. Like, but the, the reality <laughs> is, is, is you go to college and you, you take a human sexuality course or even like, you know, a biology course and you start learning like the adult reality of shit, right? Right. Children, it's it's like, basically it, like the rated R, like we, right. we get taught the P13 shit in high school right. and then college, if you are able to get to college, teaches you the rated R version because you're now quote unquote 18, right. even if you're not. Right. We have huge right. teen pregnancy rates. We have definitely ongoing huge STI rates. You know, the, the reality is, is it's a public health issue at this point. And we can right. like be afraid of the idea of young people having sex as much as we want. But when it starts becoming a public health issue, then that's when you're supposed to intercede. Right. A civil society right. would do what was best to keep harm reduction of our, you know, these children we claim to care so fucking much about when we're making a right wing fucking argument about something. Right. But we do nothing to actually like provide their safety and assurance, you know, through their developmental years. Look, it's right. controversial, but we know like youth have different levels and different developmental stages of, of feeling and experiencing their sexuality, right? right. My great-grandmother was 14 years old when she got married. And granted, it was like 1912. Right. But the reality is, is our culture had different things that it needed to do back then, right? They needed to develop, it was still lots of agriculture. We were trying to feed the nation, you know, and, and these ideas of starting young when life expectancy was shorter are all huge things, right? And so we have like progressed and changed as a society, but we have to like consider what is appropriate for now and what is appropriate for how we socialize uh, the youth right. of today, you know, and, and we can't be afraid of that because all we're doing is harming them by being afraid of that. That's true. And I, you know, I always think about like creeps and stuff. Cause that's like my first thought process when it comes to that, but there's creeps will be creeps and creeps will find a way regardless. And it has nothing to do with what they're teaching. Right. So it is true that there is, I, I do think that there needs to be a bit more on the pleasure side as far as just, you know, teaching about bodies. And I, I, did, I remember my health teacher in high school was pretty good about that stuff. Like it, it was a very robotic conversation, but she didn't want, I think she just wanted to like make sure people understood like this isn't like, don't giggle. No, mm -hmm. people get boners, people, you know, blood rushes to your pussy it, it swells up to like all that kind of shit. Like it, it was very like, I'm going to teach you the extras. Right. And like, you know, was it, it was not inclusive of anything really, but it was a little bit more on the, like, let's talk about the pleasure that you get out of these things side, right. which I thought was good. You know, it was, it was enough to explain to the class, you know, this is what your body does feels like goes through during say an orgasm and things like that. And that's great, but it's also fucking robotic and mechanical that it's almost like, all right, now we're going to have to Google it and look at porn to figure out the rest. And it's, yeah, 
it's just too bad you couldn't have like a human sexuality psychology class in high school in like senior year. You know, like that, that's like the right time to do it, in my opinion, as far as like that advanced stuff. Like, yeah, you need to have sex education your entire life. But I think like an advanced course on, you know, and then, you know, kids could opt out of it and shit, which I'm sure they'll, you can still do that regardless of whatever the fucking health class is. But at the same time, I think it would be great to offer. And then that could be the more comprehensive queer well, experience class. And, blah, blah, and you blah. know what I would recommend? I re- recommend because we're all developmentally different and especially around sexuality, everybody's coming at an age at a different time that you develop a really good survey and you start surveying and seeing what they know and what their kind of sexual maturity is. And then you have a class that is completely devoted to young individuals that have already admitted that they're exploring their sexuality already with other individuals or with themselves, you know, and group kind of be able to like have the conversation. Group them. This is the, the skanky class. This exactly. <laughs> no, but I mean like, you know, there, there's gotta be a way to, because you don't tell them, you don't tell them why they're being grouped that way. Right. But because, they're grouped because I'm not saying like, Oh, it's just an inventory of like finding out what level of experience and, in teaching to that no what i'm saying is is some individuals maybe like what happens in sex ed class right or health class there's a bunch of people that like have heard it all and they're the ones that are like either not saying anything or the ones that are snickering and like like making dumb fucking comments during class right because like this is like elementary to them right so you're right. missing an opportunity by only speaking to like one demographic within these sure. people by saying, we're going to just talk at this level to everybody. And and it's honestly like, you know, I don't mean this in a negative way, but it's kind of the lowest common denominator. You're like trying to like get all these basics that some have learned at home or some have already doing or some are already practicing. And you're missing an opportunity to expand the knowledge appropriately, right? So we're just playing this like game at random age that when somebody's this age, they can handle right. or do this. It's a very top down way of thinking. Well, what if they're already doing that? You're going to still right. like talk to them about shit they're already doing and like say what, you know, you have to be able to allow for them to have an opportunity to ask more questions that are appropriate for where they're already at. Right. This it's kind of like in, in school when they have different, um, you know, they would group and I don't know if this is, I've never looked back at it and, and like done any research of like, if it's even appropriate to do, but like there would be different like levels to the classes, like, you know, whatever they called it, like honors class versus, you know, whatever the rung is that basically says, you know, more or, you know, less. And if you know less then you have to go to the class that teaches you the basics and, and then you move on kind of thing. So maybe it's like something similar where it's like, okay. And, and again, it's hard to put kids in classes like that because it's like, holy shit, you're, you're basically pointing out and identifying kids that are more sexually active or whatever, but if you could do it in a way that is more discreet and they don't really understand, it's just like, oh, you know, you're broken up by first period, second period, third period, whatever. And you don't realize that, like, it's much different. I think that would be helpful. I think that there would be some kind of there would be a lot more benefits because, like, 
you know, it's like if I were in high school taking geometry or something, I don't know what they did in high school, but I was in a, I was in an, I had advanced knowledge of geometry. Well, I should be taking the next class up. Right. I should be actually taking, you know, geometry two or whatever the fuck the courses are. So like maybe even that, like health, you know, sex ed one, mm-hmm. sex ed two, sex ed gradually. And like you could you know, like and test out like, like, like when you take. Right. And that's, that's what I mean. The same way they had those classes, like, okay, I didn't have to take algebra one right. in high school because Absolutely. I already was testing Very algebra two level. Well right? said, well said, because like that is, that is a good solution. It, it does leave kids up for, I mean, there is room for bullying and stuff and I don't know how that would be handled and addressed. So, you know, of course that's not the be all end all solution. However, it is an idea of how to separate and teach accordingly. You know, there's the one class that they didn't do that with. The thing all, is, is know? if we're meeting each of these kids where they're at, right? So how many people did you know that were like having sex like at a younger age that didn't talk about it? Because they were like not interested in bragging about it because they did experience it. And like not to sound old fashioned, but once you do, you still don't fucking talk about it in the same way. Like it's not, it's, it it becomes, especially if you're doing it with like an intimate partner, you know, like, yeah, we all fucking talk about hooking up and who we fucking bang, but that's like a different thing. And even in school, you know, that there's repercussions for talking about that shit, namely dumbass. You're not going to get your dick sucked again. If you fucking tell everybody about it. Well, you know, what's funny is that some of the first people that I knew that lost their virginity ended up were women Mm -hmm. girls at the time and they lost their virginity to a man Mm -hmm. and they're lesbians now. Interesting. So (laughs) very interesting. I want before the end of this podcast, I want to look up if there is any hit, if anybody did a survey to find out where queer youth are getting their information from like i don't know you're 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 younger you can google term search that better because you know i still do it ask jeeves style you yeah i know yeah, you do <laughs> I like, <laughs> how long it's the same the exact same articles come up really so i don't interesting think, yeah so everybody's yeah. guessing nobody actually knows yeah so <laughs> it would be very intriguing to put out the first and I challenge you. Oh, wait. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. Go on. Sorry. Um, I'm so sorry. No, but like, worth interrupting like it would be important and it would tell us something. And this is where I would challenge like all you academic academicas out there to look up and do a survey and try to, this is a fair enough survey to do. You can put it up where, where the young folks go and like get it out there into the kind of idiom of conversation about where did you first discover or find information about queer sexuality because this would tell us a lot right it would tell us a lot about our queer sexual health and where people are getting the information and i'm 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 kind of surprised nobody's done it so much as of 2020 six states california colorado new jersey oregon rhode island and washington plus dc require lgbtq plus sex ed really? require it yes and you know what really fucking grinds my gears massachusetts isn't on that list 
Really? Or Oregon, Colorado, Cali, and Rhode Island makes sense. New Jersey is a strange one to see. Washington, I was a little more surprised. But the most surprising is that Massachusetts is not on that list. It's just that's that's very interesting. I think, you know, and like where's Vermont on that list? You know, the places that got gay marriage first are, are not on that list. It's very interesting. Or some of them, I should say. I mean, that is surprising. I think you know, like it, you you can get married here, but you can't learn about your fucking queer sex that you want to have, you know? It's weird. Cameron and I talked a little bit about that on Chanos. This idea that like if we talk like as queer folk about children or have conversations, this means there's some sort of grooming going on or whatever, but fuck you. It's called protecting your fucking own. This is about like literally the thousands of fucking conversations I've had with queer folk after their first sexual experience with tears and fucking horror about not understanding anything because we have no means to educate folks on fucking queer culture you know there's nothing rupaul drag race is going to tell you about fucking your girlfriend okay so we need to do better there needs to be something better so we don't have this because it carries over into the adult world and i'm dealing with some fucking person that can't even think about fucking until they've had 20 fucking beers or a snort of fucking cocaine or some other fucking trauma story and like i love you all been there understand it but like we need to do better we need to pay attention to it because it is fucking up our access to pleasure and pleasure is fucking important if fucking the pursuit of happiness and it's like base of fucking meanings means anything it is about the pursuit of pleasure absolutely (laughs) agreed and and we need more than just like pamphlets given to you know the the six states that require it that's a beautiful thing to hear there's 17 states that we're reporting and you can, t- you know, that those other states were probably pamphlet states. It's like, you, it's not enough. Pamphlets are not a fuck enough. Yeah. You know? I digress. And anonymous, if you're listening, this is a good opportunity to dump like, like a wealth of like real information to like every email address of every like teenage registered fucking user on the fucking interwebs and like really fucking get that shit out there. Anonymous, if you're listening, if you're one of our 17 listeners. <laughs> Fuck that. Anonymous is a collective. Who cares? Fucking bring it up. Uh, so I'd be interested along with, so we're going to, obviously next week, we're going to find information for you to present like a deeper dive, like we said. And one of the things I want to deep dive into is, is there a good resource for this information in a TV show, a movie, a current something, even if it's not something that's very popular or that I know about, I would like, so if anybody's listening and they, they know of one themselves, please reach out and let me know. Um, obviously there's plenty of shows that talk about this kind of stuff, but I'd be interested to see what shows actually teach you about this kind of thing and what can be a trusted source if, if that is even in existence. So That'll be part of what I'm going to look into as well. Mm-hmm. So like a curriculum from a current 
a state that maybe is one of those six states would be cool. I'd, I'd be interested to see about the other 11 on the list and what sort of curriculum that they offer, if any, that's beyond a pamphlet. And then obviously we, we sort of already know the answers to the other states in the country mm. and how well they're probably teaching and or not even saying things like gay, of course. So that'll be what we look at next week. I'm excited to, okay. to know more because I'm actually surprised there are states that require it. That's pretty dope, honestly. That, it's not enough, but it's good to know. You know, and, and, and look, the kind of idea around this is we here at NQO and The Screw are dealing with a lot of like people who have been traumatized by like the experience of being queer in our societies right and and this is this isn't a small thing like you can decry allyship and like queer rights but if you're not actually interested in the experience of queer folks then you're fucking it up right like there are people on the ground that are dealing with this in real time. And we can say we've come a long fucking way, but the reality is if we still have this much pain and this much suffering and this much confusion, you know, then we're not there yet. And in absence of seeing that, I'm happy that there are states that are are requiring it. And I'm happy, but I I wonder why we as a community, because there are many that love to throw around that word, do not feel emboldened to do that ourselves, you know? Because you want to, I know the answer, because people are fucking deathly afraid of being labeled a predator. So if you just decide to take up that you want to teach queer youth how to be fucking, how to do gay sex, for example, whatever that even means, we know acts are not sex, but I'm just being goofy. It's again, it even is, what, look at where my brain went earlier. It's like, who's teaching these kids these things? It's like, we're so nervous to either be labeled a predator and or allow a door to open mm-hmm. for that behavior to occur. And it's like, well, you know, you also give your kids to the Catholic church and to fucking, you know, the Boy Scouts. So like, at the same time, it's going to, that, that is not even a thing to worry about. Right. So it's like, as a community, we need to stop stressing about the stigma and worry more about like, it's important to teach queer youth queerness about themselves, things like that. I just, you know, I always just get nervous about. No, no, no. And that's, and, and that's fine. But you know, and this is something huge, we talk about in political organizing and whatever. The reality is, is that if you don't engage the youth in the prospect of their own healthy future, whether that's through economics or, you know, dealing with oppression, racism, um, uh, misogyny, all of these things, then you are not, like able to ensure a politically active future of which people are demanding these things. And we can't leave that to chance. And I mean that to say like, we have a bunch of, of interconnected systems in queerness, a lot of ways to affect 
different communities and bring to light a lot of like social issues. And like this idea of pleasure fundamentally is something that is not put on the table enough. You know, we're still begging for them not to kill us. And I get that. But on the Mm -hmm. road, while we're begging them not to kill us, we should be supplying the kind of information that is needed to help us like try our hardest and understand to our best and fullest extent how to be happy, pleasure-seeking individuals in this world. Well, what I'll say to that is, as much as I would love to agree with you, I don't, because yes, I think if you have in proximity to you a queer younger person that you are granted access to in a knowledge way and their parents are are chill with you and you're not going to be fucking there's no harm done if you do discuss so i know a lot of people that have like come to me and been like can you talk to about sex ed to my kid sure fine no problem you're entrusting me with that the problem is that if we have people outside of you know drag brunches protesting it's hard to say hey queer community come forward and take the brunt of the of the nonsense that's going to come with being a health educator for queer kids, right? Sure. So it's, it's yes, I agree. Again, if you have a if you have a queer kid in proximity to your life and your niece or your nephew and their parents are like, please teach them how to be, you know. But the number one problem, not problem, but where this needs to go on first is in the home. Yeah. So if you have a fucking kid and they don't know their sexuality or you don't know their sexuality or you assume it could be this or that, it doesn't fucking matter. Give your kid the goddamn tools yeah. that they Cover need. Cover all the fucking bases. Fucking sex, sexual education. Absolutely. I don't care. Again, I don't care if you think your son is gay. You still teach him about not knocking up a girl at 13. I don't care if you think your son is straight you still teach him the mechanics of what gay sex looks like again gay sex doesn't necessarily look a certain way but you know no, what i'm saying but that, but right? right but shit you know out of the butthole whatever you know what i mean but that is real you know and it's not that we're obsessed with cleaning the butthole but we have it is a, it's something that we've been asked so many fucking times right well and and, it, and it's a great example of something that like people are uncomfortable talking about, you know, and, and that's where, and listen, not every, not every child has parents and that is, you know, a whole conversation in and of itself. But if you are a parent and you have access to your kids on an ongoing basis, you should be teaching them all sorts of health education, all sorts of sex education. My mom taught me every, not everything, but my mom taught me a whole hell of a lot before I even got to that health class. And I, and I literally, a bunch of kids were like, you be fucking. And I'm like, no, I'm never, I'm a virgin. My mom just taught me about testes and, and, and pregnancy and fallopian tubes. It, and ain't about, it wasn't all it ain't a, to know, but it ain't it, about fucking. It's about knowing. And that's where people get get your fucking head out of the gutter, you fucking conservative fox. It's information is a highly politicized thing when it comes to sex and pleasure. It is highly politicized. If you if you need like to know how, listen to several more episodes of the Screw because we talk about it extensively. The reality is sex is political and it's something that is definitely used to stunt your identity in the negative 
So fucking pay attention. I'm all angry. Yeah, pay attention. I'm all angry. All right. So that was our episode today, everybody. <laughs> we are going to come back next week with a deeper dive and give you even more information about what the school education system, especially in the United States, looks like for queer sex education, LGBTQIA plus mm. education mm. and mechanics that go into it and all that. So we're going to try to get you some curriculum, some links, some information, etc. And if you have any information, please reach out to us at screwpodcast at gmail.com and we will be receiving in our inbox. Yeah, follow and subscribe and listen to all of our other New Queer Order programming. There's going to be some fucking promos on this episode. Go check those shows out. And uh, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, subscribe, and sign up to my OnlyFans. Bye. (laughs)